My name is Birdie, and I'm a medium. That means I can communicate with spirits, amongst other things. I started seeing spirits before I can even remember. I grew up feeling cursed, but now I am in control of my abilities. My name is Robert, and I'm a paranormal investigator. That means I'm researching and deep diving unexplained phenomena. I grew up in a haunted house, but now I'm investigating hauntings around the world. Welcome to our spirit diaries. Welcome to the Spirit Diaries podcast. In our first five seasons, we shared true stories of growing up haunted. After that series ended, we launched our paranormal investigation series on YouTube. So if you're looking for something to watch, go over there and watch it for free now. In this podcast, we will cover all things spooky, paranormal, and unexplained. I'm your host, Birdie, along with my co-host, Robert. Hello. Let's deep dive into the world of weird. So welcome back, everyone. If you're new, welcome. The podcast is going to be a little bit different from here on out. So we are going to deep dive into lore and creatures and really try to understand some of these bigger paranormal topics. Get into the nitty gritty of all the details and where everything came from. Yeah, really start to understand the paranormal. So the first five seasons have been sharing our stories. We were very clueless. We did not know much. We know a fraction more now. And we're going to learn more with you as we dive into these topics. So, of course, if you have topics to suggest, throw them at us and we will be happy to deep dive into those topics. I do want to say a quick thank you to our patrons on patreon.com slash spirit diaries. Over there, we share behind the scenes content. We have bonus footage from our investigations, some photos, our book of the month, and all of the resources that we have gathered when we were researching these topics in these episodes will be posted over there. So you can go do your own further research if you'd like. If you'd like to interact with us further, we're on Twitter at spirit underscore diaries. We're also on Instagram and TikTok, so you can always interact with us over there. And if you are looking for some spooky things for your home or some spiritual items over on etsy.com slash shop slash spirit diaries, we have our homemade candles, homemade incense, and I will tell you the reviews have been raving. People have been loving them. And we make them ourselves and come up with our own mixes. So it's really cool. And I absolutely love having our little shop to go with this. All right. So let's jump into today's topic of imps. So why we started off with imps is because we actually ran into an imp on our first investigation at the historic Scott County Jail in Tennessee. So as we described in that episode, if you've seen it, imps are similar to both fairies and demons. And they've fallen into both categories throughout history. And I have grown up being terrified of imps because in elementary school, we had this thing where the teacher would read a book. And for some reason, in like third or fourth grade, my teacher loved reading horror stories. Yeah, third, third grade horror stories. 
That just makes no sense whatsoever for reading to kids. I mean, <laughs> it was the Goosebumps style of books. This could have been one of the Goosebumps. I hated that crap. As you all know, I hated anything to do with spooky or the paranormal because I lived it. I did not want to hear fictional stories about it because I thought all of you people are absolutely nuts for wanting to enjoy the creepy stuff that happens that I wish I could shut off. Right. So <laughs> it was this imp book. And I don't remember specifically if you've if you've read an imp book, tell me it because I have searched for it over the years to try and find it. And they were scary. They were evil. And ooh, it just made me so scared of if I ever encountered an imp. And I feel like lately we've encountered imps a lot. We had one in our house, you know, several months ago. Mm -hmm. And then when the one popped up before the historic Scott County Jail investigation, I was like, oh, are we doing this again? <laughs> and then uh, we realized that it was attached to either that location or perhaps it just came with us and was enjoying our <laughs> first episode yeah, maybe so let's talk about where did imps come from where where did this start did they always exist did they just you know sort of come into the lore one day so the furthest i could find was the origin of the word imp so the word imp is considered to be derived from the word ympe which is also pronounced imp which was used to refer to a young grafted tree. So that means the process in horticulture where tissues of two plants are joined together to create a combined plant that grows together, that would be what they would call an imp. So combining those two plants. This word has roots back to Latin. That means to graft or implanted. So how that word became adapted to refer to an imp that we know of as the creature today happened when Anglo-Saxons in the Middle Ages brought Old English to Great Britain in the mid-5th century. It was between then and about the 15th century that the word had started transitioning from meaning a grafted tree in horticulture to referring to a child. And this sort of makes sense because... It means, you know, like an offshoot of a parent. Mm -hmm. So over time, that meant, you know, an offshoot of a parent as a child. Right, like a sapling or becoming an offspring. <laughs> yes, but how did we go from child to imp? Well, it started with children being referred to as impish and impy. And we even know that today of an impish smile or these things in it slowly translated over time into something a little bit more sinister. Hmm, like mischievous. Yes, and it all starts with the Lincoln Imp. This is the first imp I could find in all my research that existed. So in the 13th to 14th century, a dark legend tells the tale of two mischievous creatures that were sent by Satan to do evil work on Earth. Just two. <laughs> Here you go, you guys. Yeah, you can you can handle it. <laughs> well, Satan or the devil, it flips back and forth of what they call him in this tale, is seen as a carving peering over a witch's shoulder inside of the Lincoln Cathedral in England. So this was the devil that was claimed to be so infuriated that the cathedral was built. So because he was so ticked off that they built this beautiful cathedral, he sent two imps to do his bidding. Mm. And he wanted them to just go ahead and destroy it. Mm -hmm. 
So in 1903, Cora B. Forbes wrote Elizabeth's charm string with a rhyming tale. Now, of course, this is written in 1903. The story started in the 13th to 14th century. So a lot of time has gone by between the original origins of the imp to this story. So let's go ahead and read this story and see if we can find out more details about the imp. The Imp of Lincoln If Aunt Belle is not too tired, there is just time for one more story before lunch, said Miss Stats. That must satisfy you for today. Indeed, I do not believe your small heads can carry all you have heard this morning. I am not tired, and I love these old legends as much as the children do. You choose next, Genevieve, as a reward for telling your story so prettily. Miss Bell, to hear about so many saints at one time has made me feel so hopelessly naughty, <laughs> sighed Genevieve. Suppose you tell us about this jolly-looking little devil. Maybe that will even things up a little by making me feel that there are worse beings than myself. It is rather queer, began Miss Bell, but the home of that saucy little chap is in a famous cathedral and we must go all the way to England to learn about him. A few hours' ride from London is the old town of Lincoln. It scrambles up and down the sides of a hill, the summit of which is crowned by one of the grandest cathedrals in the world. And on that hilltop, the wind seems to never stop blowing. In the old monastic days, it is said that each newly appointed bishop was obliged to ascend this hill on his knees, but I suppose the glory awaiting him at the end of this penance was compensation for the humiliating method of reaching it. In the Lincoln Cathedral, the choir or place occupied by the priests and choristers while chanting the service is a wonderful example of pure Gothic architecture and is called the Angel Choir because of its many beautifully sculpted angels. Seated in the midst of this angelic host, you will see that little imp, his ears cocked up impertinently and one leg carelessly crossed over the other. The old legend I am going to tell you about says that as long as he sits there inside the cathedral, the wind must keep on blowing outside. Near the cathedral is a little shop where photographs of the church and images of the imp are sold, and here you can also buy the legend of the imp quaintly told to you in rhyme. I am going to read this to you because it tells the story so very much better than I can relate it. The Legend of the Imp of Lincoln The devil was in a good humor one day and let out his sprightly young demons to play. One dived in the sea and was not at all wet, one jumped in a furnace, no scorch did he get. One rode on a rainbow, one played with the dirt, one handled forked lightning, nor got any hurt. One rode on the wind as he would on his steed, and thus to old Lindum was carried with speed. And now, says the imp, take me into the church. His lordship of Lindum will knock off his perch, will blow up the chapter and blow up the dean, the cannons will cannon right over the screen, will blow up the singer's best tenor and boy, and the blower himself shall a blowing enjoy. 
The organist too shall right speedily find that all go one better in raising the wind. That didn't rhyme. <laughs> we'll blow out the windows and blow out the lights. Tear vestments to tatters, put ritual to rights. Now the wind has his faults, but you'll find on the whole, if somewhat uncouth, he's an orthodox soul. He wouldn't blow hard on a monarch, I ween, nor ruffle the robes of a bishop or dean. And if for dissenters he cares not the least, you won't catch him blowing up deacon or priest. The man in the street he may rudely unrig, but he snatches not judges or barrister's wig. When he enters a church as the musical know, tis only to make the great organ pipes blow. So in sorrowful anger he said to the elf, No, here I shall stop, you may go by yourself. The impudent imp in derision replied, Such half-hearted folks are much better outside. To force you to enter I cannot but see, Till I've finished my fun you must wait here for me. <coughs> Then he entered the porch in an impious way, declaring the knave should be spelled with a K. He roamed through each transept, he strolled in each aisle, he thought in the choir he would romp for a while. <coughs> As he passed neath the rood, no obedience he made, nor reverence at all to the altar he paid. He thumped both the priest and the choirstores books and cast on the saints his most insolent looks. The chalice and patents were safe in a box. He was stopped in the act of unpicking the locks. For seeing some angels, he cried, pretty things, a sack full of feathers I'll pluck from your wings to make me a couch when I'm tired of this joke. Ah, soon he was sorry that rudely he spoke. For the tiniest angel in dignified tone cried, impious imp, ye be turned into stone. As he was, as you'll see, when to Lincoln you stray. And the wind has been waiting outside till this day. You can't see the wind, but no matter for that, believe or he'll rob you of cloak or of hat. How do you feel now, Jean Vievre? slyly asked Marie. Hungry, was a prompt reply. Just then the luncheon bell rang. So that's the story from Corby Forbes about the Lincoln Imp. How do we feel about that? I think it is a good little story. It just kind of wraps up like what you expect out of an imp. You expect them to cause crazy amounts of chaos. And I mean, in the end, he got his comeuppance for it. It's kind of a precautionary tale. I feel like for kids, like don't be bad or there's consequences. Now, a year later, H.J. Kessem produced a book with an extended version of the rhyme. So we are going to read The Legend of the Lincoln Imp by H.J. Kessem. And we're going to skip the part where he's going to rob you of the cloaker hat. So just where we ended with Cora B. Forbes. But this author, H.J. Kessem, added on a moral. And this is the first time the story received a moral. And again, this is only... Within the same year. So this time has not passed. It was a popular year for the imp, 1903. Mm -hmm. Just imp was like, hoo hoo. What's going down in 1903? <laughs> <laughs> right? So here is the moral. 
This moral I trust you'll deduce from my lay. If ever you're minded to the mischief to play, be sure that you're able the needful to find. In other words, certain of raising the wind. And then when you're bent upon going the pace, don't count on the wind or I pity your case. There are bikes at your service and motors galore, steam, gas, and electric machines by the score. Again, if for skittish amusement you search, don't meddle, I pray, with affairs of the church. The puppets of politics, all will admit, are legitimate sport for exuberant wit. But if ever a trick on the clergy you play, you'll speedily find there's the dickens to pay. Two angels when met be extremely polite. Attentions too forward they'll keenly requite. Don't ruffle their feathers, just let them alone. Else if you're converted, twill be into stone. Don't chum with low people, unruly and bold. And be left when they've done with you out in the cold. Don't be far too clever, but seek to be good. And when you're at Lincoln, behave as you should. Step into the minister, the imp to behold, who points to the truth of the tale that I've told. So visit Old Lindum, a city most rare. Of course, take a ticket and pay the due fare. Wait, 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 wait. I'm channeling a message from beyond. It's from today's sponsors who make creating this podcast possible. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you know that we have an Etsy shop filled with handmade items and incredible vintage pieces perfect for witchy and spooky decor? Go over to spiritdiaries.etsy.com. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-D-I-A-R-I-E-S dot E-T-S-Y dot C-O-M. And indulge in self-care with my handmade bath salts, bath bombs, body oils, room sprays, and 100% beeswax candles. Treat yourself and help us go on more spooky adventures and keep this podcast going. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you all know that Robert and I went on a spooky adventure? We visited six notoriously haunted locations over the course of six days, and we recorded it all. We've even won a film award for it. Yeah, that's right. We freaking won. And this is all available to watch for free over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash spirit diaries. Yep. Go watch it right now, subscribe, leave thumbs up, and tell all your friends about our free season streaming on YouTube right now at youtube.com slash spirit diaries. I can't believe we did it. So what do you think about the moral add-on? The moral made it seem a lot more like religious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just comes across like a don't mess with the church or we'll get you type of feeling. Yeah, that definitely went from a little silly tale to definitely having like, you're going to be punished. Right? So you better do what's expected of you. And do what the church tells you or else there's going to be consequences. Right. And as the stories tell, there are imps carved into the cathedral, which is what they're referring to. Mm -hmm. And that's really where the legends came from, is that these imps were carved into it. Now, I don't know if the carver was just having some fun and threw some imps in there. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, this thing was behind it, if they were commissioned of like, hey, this is going to be a great story to scare people and to be more righteous. So I couldn't find the exact reasoning of why they're specifically there. All that we have is these tales are why they're there. Interesting. 
The tale is that they were legitimately turned into stone. And that's that's that that's what they really look like. That's them. <laughs> so word of mouth told the story that the imps caused mayhem in Chesterfield, attacking St. Mary's in Beverly, East Yorkshire, where the imps twisted the church's spire into its present crooked state. The imps then stormed to the Lincoln Cathedral, where they smashed chairs and tables belonging to the Angel Choir. And we heard that in the tale, too. They talk about the Angel Choir. That seems to be the one thing that everybody agrees on. And there, the word of mouth story says that they tripped to the bishop. In 1255, the building of the Angel Choir began being built, and it was finished in 1280. So the story goes that as the imps stormed into this cathedral, an angel suddenly came out of a book of hymns and demanded that the imps stop. One of the imps threw rocks at the angel and the other imp hid beneath the broken furniture that they were smashing everywhere. The angel turned the first imp to stone, which is known as the Lincolnshire imp, mm -hmm. for all the angel choir to see and gave the second imp a chance to escape. To this day, some claim that the second imp is still seen circling the building, looking for his friend, who sits as a stone carving inside the wall of the Lincoln Cathedral in England. Of course, variations of the story exist. Another spoken tale tells of the escaped imp actually continuing on and wreaking havoc and stopping off at St. James's Church, where they also smashed and dashed. This tale is known as the Grimsby Imp. Other stories claim that the imp that escaped was actually also turned to stone as another imp and can be seen on a south wall of the Lincoln Cathedral and it never actually made it to Grimsby or lived to wonder the church. And there is a second carving that is somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. It definitely is a creature. It doesn't necessarily look like the Lincolnshire imp and there's some discourse on if that's a true second imp or not. Hmm. So it's interesting. So other churches also told tales of imps and that spanned across Northern England and Scotland at St. Vigian's Church in Arboth, Scotland, and in Stirling Castle. And now you are from these places, and I am butchering these pronunciations. Forgive me, I'm a dumb American. So <laughs> We don't know any better. We're trying. We're trying. So the Lincoln Imp has become sort of a city mascot. People have trinkets of it on a variety of merch, and it's super popular to have Lincoln Imp stuff around the cathedral. But... If we go back in history, once the 16th century came, imps started to be using in phrases such as imp of hell or imp of the devil, citing this story. And by the end of the 17th century, it became the meaning of a small demon or witch's familiar, as seen in the lives of the necromancers by William Godwin, where he tells the tale of Edmund Robinson, who instructed his son to tell the story of two dogs who he happened upon in the woods. So what he told his son to say is that these two dogs refused to kill a hare. And for revenge, he tied them to a bush, whipped them, and one of them became an old woman and the other one a child, meaning it became a witch and her imp. What do you think about that? It's just super weird. And I mean, going back to the, like the city mascot with the trinkets and stuff, I feel like that kind of just goes a complete 180 direction. <laughs> like you guys are all glorifying the imp and like, look, I got a keychain with an imp on it. It's like, yeah. isn't that exactly what it would have wanted? Like if it was a real thing? Right. I thought the same exact thing. I actually thought it was hilarious because I know this tale was created to inspire more religious virtue. It was to scare people. Mm -hmm. It was to teach them a lesson. You mess with the church. You come in here, you cause problems, 
you're going to get turned to stone. Mm-hmm. Like we are going to get you and put you in the walls. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was a very scary story. So I think it's completely hilarious that as humans do, we now glorify this little imp. It just, it makes me so giggly. And I think the Lincoln church actually sells Lincoln imps. So it's so funny. It's to me, it's like if a church here is so little trinkets of the devil, I'm like, come to church on Sunday. Please leave with your honorary devil statue. Like, would you like a little Satan keychain? Yeah. <laughs> a little dongle? Yeah. I think it's really funny, but essentially, uh, my take is that they created imps purely for religion. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. So I did some more research. So in 1676, at the end of the 15th century, Anthony Van Leeuwenhoek discovered bacteria. This was a huge time for science because science started explaining away some of the tales of elves and other creatures of the night that caused illnesses. So the imp tale happened right before bacteria got discovered. But instead of illnesses, this tale attached itself to religion because many of the made up creatures or now creatures of lore were very much, oh, they're causing your cold. They're causing, mm-hmm. you know, cancer, which they didn't know existed. They're causing all these unnamed illnesses. You need an exorcism now. Right. But it's interesting because they didn't take that take with the imps. Mm-hmm. The imps, they directly attached to Christianity and the battle of the devil and angels against witches. Hmm. Interesting. But I think this is the key to how imps survived into the new generation. Whereas so many other elements of fae and other creatures got lost in lore and have stopped in the old centuries, imps have continued throughout popular media, throughout stories, throughout books and novels. They've survived. And I truly think it's because they tied it to religion. Hmm. It wasn't explained away because religion is still so prevalent in today. So other creatures that weren't tied to religion were forgotten about. It was no longer the elfish kingdom causing trouble, but instead it was a known infection or disease. So still we hold this notion of religion being the thing that all these creatures are battling, just like demons. It's all against, you know, religion. And so many people believe these other non-human entities must be the work of the devil or to be these evil creatures. But what were imps before Lincoln? Were they creatures belonging to pagans that were bastardized and renamed by the church? Or did they not exist at all? Yeah, that it's a good thought because it's like, where where did it originate? Was it just something they... The whole thing, I, I feel, is a lot of these type of stories that religion takes in one form or another came from somewhere else. Right. I feel like... of the things that are either celebrated or talked about or discussed or or turned into stories in Mm -hmm. religion is borrowed from some other religion or some other source and just, this is ours now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's kind of how it goes in these times. It makes me wonder, what were imps before imps? What if imp is not even their proper name? Because we just... We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. What were they before and how have they changed and how has that changed? I mean, I truly believe imps are real. I mean, we have encountered one. We, I believe, well, it's not proven. I believe that we have 
one laughing on camera recorded with the EVPs. Yep. That's exactly it. I should have said it. What the fuck is that, Robert? And I, I truly believe they exist. So it's interesting because were they born of this tale? Were they born? Are they created like a sort of egregore? Mm -hmm. Or are they, you know, creatures who did exist and we just now have a different name for them because of this tale? Like we forgot what it was mm -hmm. and was replaced with something new. Yeah, that's really strange to think about. But it was also during this time from the 14th to 16th century that people, about 75 to 80% that were assigned female at birth, were actively being accused of witchcraft in England and were executed. So this goes hand in hand with the rise of the imp was also the rise of murdering people because they were claimed to be witches. Served a purpose. Mm -hmm. So in 1497, the Malus Maleficarum, published in Germany, began the witch trials. In the mid-1500s, laws against witches started coming into play in England. So the Act of 1604 was an act against witchcraft in dealing with evil and wicked spirits. This act legally allowed for demons in the form of physical animals to be conclusive evidence and considering imps could transform into any creature they'd like, it was fair game for someone to call, you know, a dog an imp or a ferret an imp because imps can transform into animals and imps could also go invisible. So if somebody presented no evidence, they could say, ah, oh, it was an imp and everybody would go, oh, sure. Yeah, that's legal. That makes total sense. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. So in 1621, there was a case called the Edmonton Witch, where Elizabeth Sawyer was accused of having white ferrets, which were previously associated with being evil creatures and spirits. So she denied any connection to the ferrets being imps. She was executed on April 19th, 1621, and her story morphed into a well-known play, book, and story called The Witch of Edmonton by William Raleigh, Thomas Decker, and John Ford, which is really, really, really kind of gross. I, I, I guess it's like the start of true crime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it it is it is just disturbing that if that was how simple it was. Oh, she has white ferrets, they're imps. It's just anybody that you wanted to kill, you could just do it legally and be like, oh, that person's a witch. Look, I, I've seen her talking to a bird. I mean, that that's enough proof right there. Yeah, and this is sort of where imps became synonymous with a witch's familiar. So they started calling any familiar of a witch an imp, hmm. which means it could have been several different creatures at this time, right. real or imagined. Um, so that is interesting to me as well. That And then in witchcraft, imps at that time in historical documentation were also adopted verbiage by the witches to describe their familiars. They used imp and familiar synonymously. That's interesting. Like you just adopted it into their own. Right. Very, very strange. So in 1673, a demonology book claims that imps are assigned to witches who give them notice of their Tuesday or Wednesday night rituals. 
Here, the imps are stated to be able to transform into different creatures that the witches will ride to the meeting places where they proclaim Lucifer as their lord. This book was printed at St. Dunstan's Church in London, England. So again, further condemning witches, further expanding the definition of these imps. So no longer are they these little creatures, but now they're anything and everything and anything at all. <laughs> That car is an imp. <laughs> well, I mean, that's sort of what they were allowing. This thing I'm holding invisibly in my hand is an imp. You, just, it, you it, see that tree over there? It looked at me impishly. <laughs> it, it was. It, it got out of hand. But because imps were elusive and can appear and vanish and transform at will, like I said, it was accepted that proof wasn't necessary to convict people. And that that is just how awful imps and their story became adapted. So what do you think about the Lincoln imp and how imps sort of got quickly adapted after that into being this key thing that was used to condemn witches? It just seems like a super convenient thing that the church was already using to its benefit. So it was like... They're already using this thing that's seen as a negative or a precautionary tale. Right. And then it's like, oh, you see these things we already told you about? That person over there is playing with them. Therefore, right? let's burn them. Right. And it was also so convenient that they had a witch looking over the devil's shoulder also carved into the church. They had already set the witch narrative. Yeah. And... Then this guy who's going around telling his son to lie about these dogs in the woods transforming into an old woman and her imp. It just kept, they just kept compounding these stories. And that is obviously a very well-known lie. He mm -hmm. was instructed to tell his son to lie. They, they never were in the woods. This wasn't some hallucinogenic thing that happened. It was just a bullshit story. So it's... It's just so crazy to me that this is, this was the origin of imps. Religion. And I just, it, it, it sort of leaves me baffled at trying to figure out, you know, where are imps now? If they were born from the story, what are they doing? That would lead to them being an egregore. Mm -hmm. Because if they're a thought form that was created by the church or mm -hmm. at least pushed by the church as this evil little entity thing then it, it it comes across like it's only a thing because religion said it was yeah i totally agree and if they were a thing before i wish we had documentation to find more and maybe if you guys know documentation prior to the lincoln imp i'd love to hear it um i could not personally find any previous documentation of imps prior to that and it it makes you wonder like uh, so my personal experience with imps which i know is so like far and few between and of course one story of imps doesn't really change what you know the historic nature of them are but i don't believe imps are evil at all mm -hmm. <laughs> so evil is a really weird thing and i use this example all the time if your cat hunts a fly is your cat evil for killing the fly right 
It's evil to the fly. <laughs> right. But does that make cats inherently evil? No, it doesn't. That's right. their nature. Mm -hmm. So let's just say imps are mischievous and cause havoc and break furniture and throw things around and blow wind everywhere. Does that make them evil? It's or the, is that their nature? It seems like it makes them more like poltergeisty than anything else. Just mischievous and like causing chaos, but doesn't sound like, I mean, none of these stories where they like stabbing people in the shins or something. Right, like, they never hurt anybody. No, no one was ever harmed. And even in the story of the witches and the familiars, all they did was tell them of their Tuesday night meetings. I mean, they sound like convenient little buddies to me. So, and like I was trying to say, like my experience with the imps has been mischievous. We did have one that lived in our house for quite a while. The biggest thing it did was we wear slippers around our house and um, we now have an under the bed area, much to my dismay, <laughs> after <laughs> like 15 years without having an under the bed, I now have an under the bed area and my slipper, you could hear it in the night being pulled under the bed. And the imp lived under our bed for a while. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, you know, try to move it out of the house because it wasn't causing any harm. It was happily living under the bed. Our cats would go under the bed while it was living there and play with it. Um, and it would just pull one slipper every night underneath the bed and you would hear just a of the mm -hmm. slipper going across the hardwood. So <laughs> I mean, I never had a problem with it. One day it left and that, that was it. And then for the Scott County jail, um, if we are to believe that was truly an imp that we encountered, which I do because I did see an imp in our bathroom the day before hopping on top of our toilet, um, not doing anything bad, just, you know, chilling in the bathroom, mm -hmm. hopping on the toilet. Um, and then in the jail, it laughed at me when I was like, ah, oh, dang it, dang it, dang it. I should have said this. It was three laughs in a row. And the first two were EVPs. And the last one was a disembodied voice that I heard. And that's what made me believe that was actual unexplained occurrences versus just something that happened to sound like laughter, such as, you know, something creaking in the jail or mm -hmm. something like that. Because it's like when I actually heard it and jumped, it's like, ooh, that was something, you know? Right. So... It's, it's just all interesting to think about, but I, I don't think imps are of any harm. Um, I, I don't think, I don't even think they're gonna break things. I think more they're just gonna hide stuff and move stuff. And to me, they're like naughty two-year-olds who just like are in that mischievous stage of like, <laughs> Playful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what you guys think about imps. Let us know over on Twitter and we will put all of our resources for this episode up on Patreon. And again, I apologize if I've very much butchered names or places because, you know. There's not pronunciation guides in any of these resources. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look it up on Google for pronunciation, it is the worst robot, robot sound voice. <laughs> that just can't be right. So I truly hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Spirit Diaries.